So we continue to work our way through 1 Corinthians. We're now at the, still in the first chapter, but at the 18th verse through the 31st. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scholar? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. God decided through the foolishness of the proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews ask for signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God, the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to abolish the things that are so that no one may boast in the presence of God. In contrast, God is why you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let no one boast, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And then the fifth chapter of Matthew, the fifth chapter of Matthew starts what is known as the Sermon on the Mount, goes through chapters 5, 6, and 7, and this begins with what, of course, is known as the Beatitudes. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. 
For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When I I made a deliberate choice to move to be seated here because I wanted to, instead of being the big pulpit presence booming from the pulpit, I wanted us to have more conversations. Does this feel more conversational to you? If I'm sitting like this? I'm telling you that today because I don't have any clever jokes or stories to tell about the Beatitudes. I don't have interesting, glorious things to say. I'm not going to stand here and pound on a pulpit. But maybe we can have a conversation about the Beatitudes. Because they're not what we think. You know, in the message, Gene Peterson, who generally, first of all, was a genuinely kind and good, decent man, and whose translation generally I like, he really screwed up the Beatitudes. It's kind of universally thought of among scholars that he didn't do this right. So the first one, he he he, he, he writes this way. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. He goes on to say, you're blessed when you feel like you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. And so on and so on and so on. Just not quite right. Young Robert Schuller, of the Schuller fame, you know. He wrote a book about the Beatitudes. He called them the Be Happy Attitudes. He missed two. And you know, some translations now are even translating this part of the Bible as happy are those who, instead of blessed are those who. And let me say, you may be happy if you are blessed, But those words are not synonymous by any means. The word is makarios in Greek. It's blessed, not happy, or honored. And that changes it all if you think about it as being honored, doesn't it? God honors you. Honored are the grief-stricken, 
for they will find joy in the morning. Doesn't that seem strange? To think of all the people in that list of things that's in the Beatitudes, those who hunger and thirst, people who are in need, are honored by God. In fact, if you read through the list of people in the Beatitudes who are blessed or honored, they are the people whom society often shuns. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. In the macho culture we live in right now, to be meek? Forget it. And yet those are the ones who God honors. The ones whom society seems to push aside. And we have to be clear about a couple of things from the Beatitudes. First of all, when you read the Gospel of Matthew, the way it goes is, Jesus went up on a mountain. Well, he he climbed a hill. That's what he did. And he began to speak to the people who had followed him. So the people who had followed him were those who were set aside by society. Those who might even have been outcasts. Blessed are the oddballs, for they shall follow Jesus. It's fair to say that those of us who are wealthy, first world people probably would not have been in Jesus' audience at all. And when you think about that, what are we supposed to do then with this list of people who God honors? Well, honor them, of course. But there's more to the story than that. These are words, stories, phrases that are done in something called an indicative mood. So what that means is, it's the way it is. Blessed are the poor in spirit. the way it is. Blessed are the poor in... What is that? Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's the way it is. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That's the way it is. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. That's the way it is. But see, I'm telling you that's the way it is because there are people who think actually that if you are merciful, then you will somehow receive more mercy. That's not the way it is. The way it is is if you're merciful, you get mercy. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll be filled.
You don't act pure in heart just so you can see God. But if you are pure in heart, you will see God. See the difference? The blessedness comes from the relationship. You are blessed because of God. You are blessed because God honors you. You are blessed because even though the society around you might not find you valuable, God does. And the reason that God finds you valuable is because you are the people who are most in relationship with God. Those who mourn, those who are poor in spirit, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted. You are closest to God if you are one of those people. Because if you're one of those people, you know you need God. The hard part about preaching this text to a mainline Protestant American church is that many of us have forgotten the reality that God is who we most need. It's also why the mainline church gets caught up with the idea of sin. If you don't need God and you're not a sinner, we don't need confession. We don't need pardon. I hate to tell you, but ultimately, too, we don't need Jesus. These people are blessed because they know the importance of who they are in relationship to God. Something we cannot forget as people of God. As human beings as creatures created by the one true creator of the entire universe, God made us with a hole in us that has a God-shaped space. And only God can fill it. If we've forgotten our need for God, we maybe need to pay attention Because otherwise we have this longing and this yearning and this need for that space to be filled. Blessed are we who want relationship with God and God alone.
because we know how mighty and glorious and marvelous our Creator is. For only then will we be filled. Amen.